0: And so it's really sitting down and saying, okay, I'm going to work on today my finance. What do I do on a daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and yearly basis in finance? And then write that down. It's just step by step by step. It's a pain in the ass. I'm not going to tell you that it's not. But it's a really taking the time to say, okay, today I'm going to work on finance.
1: I'm Becca Poutney, wedding business marketing expert, speaker and blogger and you're listening to the Wedding Pros Who Are Ready To Grow podcast. I'm here to share with you actionable tips, strategies and real life examples to help you take your wedding business to the next level. If you are an ambitious wedding business owner that wants to take your passion and use it to build a profitable, sustainable business doing what you love, then you're in the right place. Let's get going with today's episode. Before we get going with today's episode, I want to make sure that you've heard all about my brand new program, The Wedding Pro Business Builder. I cannot tell you how many times over the last year I've been asked, Becca, where can I get all of your marketing and sales knowledge in easy to follow steps that I can implement into my own wedding business to become more successful? Well, you asked and I've delivered a year in the making and my brand new signature program, The Wedding Pro Business Builder is now ready for you to get hold of. This is for you if you want to build a profitable wedding business doing what you love. I get it. You're really good at what you do. You're a great florist, cake maker, photographer, DJ, the list goes on. But maybe you're just not so confident on the sales and marketing strategies. And that's where I come in. This program is going to take you through everything you need to know to build a profitable wedding business. We start with brand, and I help you create a really great brand that stands out from the crowd and understand who you're trying to market to. In module two, we start to look at marketing, what marketing options are right for you in the wedding industry and how do you know where to start and how do you make the most of them to make sure you get a great return on investment? Module three is all about building connections. We look at building connections with other wedding business owners, wedding venues, and also wedding couples. How do you end those sales calls to make sure that they always end in a purchase rather than them just ghosting you? And in the final module, we dive deep into sales and marketing plans. In this module, I talk to you about finances. We look at your pricing, we look at whether or not you're making any profit, and I help you work out what you should be charging and how you should be managing your business in order to bring home the money that you want to. The complete program is incredible, and I know it's going to make such a great difference to your business. And the great news is it's a really good investment. Why? Because you only need to book one or two weddings ever in a lifetime in order to pay for it. For less than £500, you can get your hands on all of this great information, as well as a couple of little bonuses thrown in there as well. So, what are you waiting for? Head to the show notes, go and click on the link and find out more about the Wedding Pro Business Builder. I can't wait to see you inside. Today, I'm joined by Jen Taylor, based in Seattle, in the USA. Jen is the owner of Tailored Events and has been planning weddings for over 15 years. As often happens in life, her world shifted in 2018 when she unexpectedly lost her husband. After this, Jen Taylor Consultancy was founded and it became her mission to help creatives just like you build streamlined workflows, processes, and procedures to give you more time to spend on what you love. Jen, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be on in the UK. Yes, welcome to an international podcast. It's great to have you here. We love having guests on for the US because I, I believe that your market is ahead of us in the UK. So I think we always get some great stuff when we have guests from the US. So thank you so much for being here. And also in that intro, and I talk about workflows, processes, and procedures, that is music to my ears because they are all things that I personally struggle with. And I'm glad we're going to be talking oh, about them today. There you go. Because as a creative <laughs> and an entrepreneur, I get shiny object syndrome and I get new ideas all of the time but what I need more of is processes and procedures. So we're going to get into that in a little while. But before then, um, I always like to help people understand who the guest is on the podcast. So let's go right back to the beginning uh, when you started your wedding planning business, because people often think, I just don't even know how to get started, how to get into the industry. So how did that happen for you? How was Tailored Events started? Started, well, in 2004, I got married and
0: I, during the, I had hired a wedding planner and during the process, I'm like, you know, it's just project management and that's what I'm, I do well and I can do this. So I talked to my wedding planner after the wedding was over and she's like, oh yeah, you can totally do this. Here's the name of your company. So my last name is Taylor. So she said, Tailored Events by Jennifer. So I'm like, Okay. So in 2005, so that was like November, December, we went out to dinner. In January of 2005, I went to my office. I worked at a corporate job, and I went to the office, and rumors were flying that we were being sold. And so I'm like, okay, we'll just sit and see what happens, and sure enough, we were sold and i was i was not asked to move which was totally fine by me and so that was the door that opened so i then took the opportunity to start networking start getting out there start learning the industry in the seattle area and i had a my first wedding was the end of that year and then nonstop until pretty much 2018, I started doing more corporate events or more winery events. And then my world fell apart. So as you mentioned, I was starting to, my business was growing. I had four planners. They were starting to, wanting to try something different, looking at other options. So the the company was starting to downsize, which was a miracle in itself. And then unexpectedly on, on October 30th, my husband collapsed on the kitchen floor and I, my life, my life had changed. Write that in there. So, uh, I had stole two weddings for 2019 and I had to close down his business. So, while he was in ER and ICU and all that, I am calling his company, letting them know that this might not be a good day for them, and calling my clients and letting them know that this happened and I'm going to be out for a while. So yeah, so it was, it was a fun ride and I really enjoyed the planning aspect of it. And really, I love my clients and it was, it was a fun, it
1: was a fun ride. I think so often in life, it is these big life shifts that make us make changes, make us start businesses, even going right back to your wedding planning. You think how much different life might've been if you hadn't have let, been let go from that, business? Would you have taken the leap? Would you have have taken the jump into your wedding planning business? And then the same in 2018 when your world basically fell apart unexpectedly overnight and you have to start thinking, okay, maybe this is the chance to do something new. And I think in those moments, it's horrible. But when we look back, we realize that sometimes it's those moments that make us do different things. Now, one thing I'd really like to just briefly touch on, we're talking about 2018, we own our own businesses. So we know that life doesn't stop when we own a business, we still have work. And you talked about how you still had weddings in the diary. And I know recently something that I've been talking about with some of my clients and something that's not talked about at all, is what it's actually like to work in this industry and work in romance when weddings right then and there aren't the happiest day of someone's life. So I've got clients that have been newly single or gone through divorce or lost people that they love, and yet they're still having to put that smile on and go to the wedding day. Was that your experience and how did you get through that time?
0: Well, two years prior, I had lost my mom during during wedding season. And that was, you know, kind of a precursor of how I was going to handle this, not knowing that. Luckily, when my husband passed away, it was kind of, it was, it is the off season for us in late fall into winter. So their weddings really weren't for almost another year. So they were 11 months out. So it was, I didn't have to deal with like, the actual wedding day, you know, what first dance, things like that, for an almost a year. So it was a great opportunity to kind of work on myself, work on that. So it was not a it wasn't, I shouldn't say it wasn't a big deal. It was just, I just knew. I'm like, this is gonna happen. And you can walk away for that moment. You can get them ready, get to do all the things and then and then walk or stay and enjoy it because that's the beginning of their life together. And it's a fun and it's a, it's a, it's a lovely time. And so I chose to embrace it and just, and just, and, you know, know that my husband was very happy for me to do this. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. I think that's really helpful. Thank you for sharing in that. So off of the back of those events in 2018, as I mentioned at the start, you decided to set up Jen Taylor consultancy. So where did that come from why did that event make you change direction or start something new and what's your vision with that so it wasn't that I had already been starting
0: that process in 2018 I had taught wedding and event planning at a local community college and I loved the mentoring part of it I loved helping businesses grow and so it was just a a natural thing for me to to look at an event, you know. And then we had the pandemic, and I'm like, okay, people, it's time to work on your on your business. You have time. Everybody's freaking out though; they don't want anyone to think about that. They're like, I've just lost all my business. And it's true for me. I was like, okay, this is a great time to sit down and work on it. But I understand where you're at. So leading up to that, I knew. I wanted to help businesses with their process and procedures. That's what I did in corporate for a long time. I wrote processes and procedures for lots of different things. And I already created my own standard operating procedure for my business. So let's just take that template and go, everybody, I can help you. You don't have to recreate the wheel. I have it. I have the wheel here. Let me help you with that. Because every in every business has clients. What's the biggest part of your business is getting clients onboarded. So it was really just a a natural process for me to get back into that teaching mode, get back into that mentoring mode, and have the tools to help them
1: even the word standard operating procedure scares me when you talk about that. Just if there's anyone listening and thinking, I don't think I have one of these. I'm not sure that I'm running my business in the way that I should. Can you just briefly give us an overview of what that should look like in the wedding industry?
0: So really your day, you have your operating procedure. It's all in your head. So what do you do on a day-to-day basis? What do you do There's eight parts of your business. I'll go into the very high level. There's eight parts of your business. And those eight parts all have people, you know, just there going, hey, what about marketing? What about finance? What about you? What about your teams? What about, you know, offerings? What about all the things that are in your head? You're like, I have all these things. And so it's really sitting down and saying, okay, I'm going to work on today.'" my finance. What do I do on a daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and yearly basis in finance? And then write that down. It's just step by step by step. It's a pain in the ass. I'm not going to tell you that it's not. But it's a really taking the time to say, okay, today I'm going to work on finance. Tomorrow, you know, next week or next next month. You don't have to do this all at once. You can step it in, you know, step it out throughout the year. Okay, next month I'm going to work on client expectations or client experience which is a lot to do with the boundaries and expectations so you know okay i need to have i need to have a best practice sheet so people know what my boundaries and expectations are of myself and of them and then how do i onboard those people do i have a, you know a calendar that they can set up appointments do i have a contact form on my website that says hey i'd love to talk to you fill this out and we'll set up a time it automatically sends out a brochure. It's a step by step thing. So don't see it as a big a big monster. It's really taking those eight parts of your business, your eight CEOs and breaking them out into smaller chunks and then looking at, you know, what do I do with those? So I can offer to your listeners my, my small business task list, because that's, and it's just really just my task list that I had when I was running tailored events. It talks about what you need to do on a, you know, daily, monthly, quarterly, weekly, you know, all the things. And then when we get into clients and expect, you know, the, the client experience and expectations, I will offer them my best practice sheet. So it helps them create that rules list for the, for their clients. Like if I knew, if I didn't give a client the next, this best practice sheet and they did something, I'm like, mm, did I not give that to them? Or are they not paying attention? So then I go back and look through my folder. I'm like, you know what? They didn't sign it. They didn't, I just let it go. And they have, you know, this was, and they were texting me. I'm like, Mm-mm, I'm done with the texting. I have to print out now all of your texts from my phone because I need to have this all on email. I'm not planning your wedding via text. So please change, your, change, please change how you communicate with me. And it is my own fault for not letting you know that. So it's really, it's really taking those, those parts of your business and just stepping them out. What's next? What do I do next? What do I do next? What do I do next? And if you don't know, then that's where you can reach out to me and go, I need help.
1: That's really helpful. And I am definitely going to be downloading the small business task list for myself as well, because I think there's probably things on there that I know I need to be doing more of. And I'll make sure that I put all of the links that we're mentioning in the show notes for anyone that wants to get them as well. Now, let's get into this a little bit deeper then. You've mentioned about boundaries and client expectations being one of those core aspects of your business that we need to really, really think about. And I see this all of the time with my clients where the boundaries, boundaries are loose for them and their clients, and things go wrong, and they feel like they're having to answer emails, texts, Instagram messages, all times of day and night, and we know that's not healthy. So for a start, why do you feel so passionately about people setting these kind of expectations and boundaries, and why is it important for them as a business owner?
0: Well, there's three big things. There's your health, there's resentment, and then there's burnout. So, if you don't set these boundaries and expectations with yourself, with your clients and with your family, those are all things that can then affect you in multiple in multiple ways. The health is you know is the is the main thing if you're stressed, what do you do if you're if you're you know do you not eat, do you eat you know drinking too much, whatever it is it will manifest into your body just shutting down especially if you keep everything inside like i was a planner that just kept everything in and just did this and my my body i was literally in 2018 i was shutting down as well because i couldn't handle i didn't have a release for the stress so that's why i'm so passionate about it
1: So what does this look like practically then for your business or for the businesses you help? Is this putting aside three documents, one where you write down your own personal boundaries for your health, one that you share with a client? One that stops you with burnout, like how do you practically go about setting these expectations and boundaries and making sure people know about them and that we are accountable for sticking to them too?
0: Yeah, you can you can put a thing on your on your wall or wherever and you like I need to prioritize, put it on your calendar. I need to prioritize two hours at whatever time because people's bodies are different. Mine was always in the morning. i could I can. I'm not getting into a bunch of stuff. And then I do something before I go to bed. So it was really just, you know, centering myself and then decompressing at the end of the day. You know, for your family, it could be, hey, this is this is the rules. You know, like, especially when everybody was working from home and the kids were home from school and everything was going, you know, no one knows what was going on you know, but you're like, I still have clients, I'm still trying to, you know, run a business, put a sign on your office door. And say, unless you're bleeding from the eye socket, do not open this door. Like, unless you are, are bleeding, gushing blood, I don't want, <laughs> I don't want to know about it. <laughs> so you know, you can set those, you know, those are setting up boundaries for your family, you know, I am working from X to X. I'm I'm available at this time. If I'm if the door is closed or if I'm downstairs or whatever your situation is, is really setting that time for yourself and time for your business. And then with your clients, let them know what days you work, what hours you're working. Do you meet on the weekends? Are there hours that are consistent? Do you, where do you meet? When do you, you know, when do you meet? Do you meet them at, their, at your office? Do you meet them where they want to meet? Are you running all over the, the town to, to meet clients? Do you set locations to where you meet? Or is it video and phone only? I have a client, I have a, a really good friend. She no longer does any work on Mondays. Monday is her time to focus on her. She does things that she wants to do. And she has that on her out of office. It shows up. If this is a Monday, I will not get back to you until tomorrow. I had a DJ friend who, before he had an office, had three or four different Starbucks throughout the Seattle area that he met at. So if you were in the south part of Seattle, he had a Starbucks for that. If you were in the you know in downtown Seattle, he had a Starbucks for that. So he knew where he met. And if you couldn't, then sorry, I can't meet there. You know, I don't know if he was that strict. But, you know, you set up, you know, you set up the time. You set up the location. You are the boss. And then how do you communicate? For me, it was always email. I, I, I don't like texts. I'm not a big person on the phone. So email was the best because I can keep track of that. I could file that. I can go back to look at it. I know where it is. And then, as I said, working from the house. You've got the housework, you've got those kids from you know, days that they're home, they're homesick or whatever, interruptions, you know, and then your own your own personal life. Like there's times I'm sitting here, I'm like, man, oh, I gotta start the laundry. How do you make sure you are not always starting the laundry or starting dinner or all of that? Like I try to do my laundry in in the afternoon. I have my set hours even now. I do better until about three o'clock. And then after three o'clock, I'm kind of done. And I'm like, I'm good. And that's when I start doing stuff for me. So those are the ways that you can set up those boundaries so you're not always feeling like you are stressed. And if they're texting you at, you know, at 10 o'clock at night, you you gotta stop that. You gotta you have to set those boundaries because you have already let them in. And now it's time for you to say, you know what, I'm really sorry, but I need to have you email me or I am, you know, or I'm not going to answer your text until tomorrow morning at X time.
1: Yeah, and I think so often we are our own worst enemies because, like you said, we don't set those boundaries early on. And then we start complaining when we feel like people are crossing the invisible boundaries. So we don't tell them that they can't message us at 10 o'clock. And a few times we reply to them at 10 o'clock at night. And so then they are just expecting that that's what they can do all of the time. So practically with a client... So if I've got a wedding photographer or a wedding planner and they want to set out these expectations early on, would you suggest that they write a document and get it signed? Would they put it on their website? Do they put it in their terms and agreements? How does this look practically?
0: For me, it was a separate sheet of paper and it was just, and it was also in their, in their online doc, you know, I use IO planner. So it was in the IO planner as well in their, in their workspace. But it was also a part of what they got from me in the beginning of working together. And you can have them sign it. You don't have to, you know, it's up to you on how you do that. You could put it as your terms. I've seen people do that too. Totally up to you on how you do that. And as I said, I will I will give you mine because it talks about all of these things. Plus it talks about, you know, as a planner, it talks about what they should expect leading up to the wedding, like, I'm not going to be, you know, I would love to have those place cards already alphabetized. I am not going to be doing XYZ. I am I am going to do this. If you have transportation coming for your guests, I will check the immediate vicinity around the ballroom, those bathrooms just outside the doors, all of that. If your guests forget and don't come and miss the last bus, that is not on me. Because if they're out doing something on the golf course, that's not my problem.
1: Yeah. And I think that's so helpful, both for you and your own mental health and business management, but also for them to give them clear guidelines and give them clear rules because they've not done this before either. They don't understand what they can and they can't do. And I think sometimes people worry, and you might've heard this as well, I've definitely heard it a lot. They say, well, if I start setting boundaries, then I won't get as many clients or people will give me a bad review. And we just have this false sense that people are going to expect us to be available. And I always say to them, yeah, but if you want to go and visit Starbucks, On a Sunday and Starbucks shuts at 4pm on a Sunday and you ring them up and say, well, I want to come at 6pm on a Sunday, they're just going to laugh you out of the room. Like We don't expect that we can visit a Starbucks when the Starbucks is shut. So why do we think that our clients should expect to speak to us all day and all night? Do you have that same pushback from people?
0: You do. Yes. And your clients are going to respect you more with these boundaries. You are now a business owner you're not a planner, you're not a photographer, you're not a DJ, you are first and foremost a business owner. So you have the right to set your hours of work. You have the right to do these things because as a business owner, that's what we do.
1: So then what do we do when people don't respect the boundaries? So we have set out our boundaries. We've said to people, you can't contact us on the weekend, or we're not going to reply to you at 10 o'clock at night, or I only do everything by email, not by text. And then we have that client and we've all had them that pushes those boundaries hard and then gets crossed with us when we don't respond. So from your experience or from any of your clients' experience, how do we deal with that? How do we kind of push back without Losing our boundaries immediately.
0: Just let them know, hey, just going to remind you, this is our best practice sheet. This is the best practices. This is this is how we do business. And if you can't follow these, and I mean, they're now, uh, you know, it could be a harassment. It could be could be many things. They could be a breach of contract, or they could be, you know, you can let them know if you think this is not a great working relationship. We can dissolve this. But you give them a little, you know, you give them a warning. Like the guy that texted me. I'm just like, dude, I don't give my clients my personal cell number until the bitter end. He had my personal cell number because his fiancé did my nails at the time. So he knew how to get a hold of me. So then you're like, okay, dude, you got to stop. And he was fine after. I mean, it's just really just going... You know, and give them the reason why. Like, this is, they just want the reason why. Like, I want to, they they want to have a life. They don't want their bosses reaching out to them at 2 o'clock in the morning. You know, it's the same thing for us. We are not their, we are not their employee. We are a professional that is, knows what we're doing. And we have set these, these boundaries and expectations because we want to have a life, and we want to be able to do this until we're sixty. I shouldn't say that. Who knows? But it's it's really setting those things for a mental health. and especially nowadays mental health is so you know so on top of mind. I mean, especially, I think you the people in the UK have really embraced that more than than the US. i mean, like. I follow people, I follow the royals. I know what's going on. I know where they're doing. <laughs> I know where they're going, and it's it's a you know like you don't see that here. you don't see that level of mental health being talked about. it's just now getting there. I mean we just had a you know i I don't know if he's a he's not a oh yeah, he's a senator, yeah dude, I need to go to the hospital. I am not doing well my my you know my mental capacity is. I am in a depressed mode, like more than usual. I need to see. I need to seek help, and that's just never been a thing, and now it is. And this is this is you know you do not need to get berated by a client. You do not because it's a wedding. I know it's a big deal. It is a big deal, but also I like to. I'd spend time with my family. I like to spend time with my loved ones. I'd like to go on a trip. You know, so my clients always knew I was going to be gone the beginning of April. I told them, like, here's my here's my vacation schedule. Like, I'm gone. And I used I used to bring bind. I mean, this is back in the day we didn't really have a lot of stuff. I mean, I would bring my binders with my with me on vacation. And my mom's like, why do you do this? I said, because I might need something. Why? Why? You don't. You don't, especially now everything's, I mean, I do bring my laptop, you know, and it gets to boundaries and expectations for vacation. If you're going to work on vacation, you let your family know, like, hey, I'm going to work a little bit in the morning, check emails, make sure everything's good. And then I might check them at night. My husband used to work uh, from like six to uh, 10, Every morning, because his his, the company he worked for was in the Midwest. That's five hours difference from where we were. So I'm like, cool. I was fine with it. I'm like, I'm going to go to the pool. I'll see you at ten. You know, it's a it's a fine line, but it's really keeping your mentals in 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 where you need to be.
1: Yeah, and I think you're right. We do talk about it a lot here in the UK, but at the same time. We also don't always listen to the advice. And I know because I work with lots and lots of people who will be listening to this who are run ragged and are doing all of the things for the clients. And I hope that if that's you and you're listening to this, that you are realizing that doesn't have to be the way. There is a different way. And each and every one of you can go away today and write this document. Have a look at what Jen shares with us. I'll share it in the show notes. Write your own version of that document. because. In all things, when we set out the expectations early in the process and people are clear on it, then they can't be upset because they understand. If we know that Starbucks is shut on a Monday, We can't be upset on a Monday when we can't go and have our Starbucks because we know. But if we expect it to be open, if Google tells us it's open, if we think that Starbucks is open 24 hours a day and we turn up and it's shut unexpectedly, well, that's when we start getting mad. Like, how dare Starbucks be shut? They said on Google they were open. However, when we tell, like, when we know the expectations, then we're not so mad. And that's exactly the same for our clients, isn't it? If we can set this out in a clear, easy to understand, digestible way right at the start, then they won't be upset by you. So I hope if you're listening to this, that today you can free yourself from some of these boundaries and free yourself from the feeling like you have to do all the things because you absolutely don't. And I I think I speak for both of us when we say that we don't want you to be doing all of the things because life is short and we want you to enjoy your life and do the things that you love exactly like you said, Jen, right? Yes.
0: Yes, you do. I mean, you want to go on vacation. You want to enjoy time with your kids. You don't want to, you know, go to a weekend soccer game or, or football game and, 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 you know, enjoy that time and not feel like you have to look at your phone every 20 minutes. I mean, I took, I took email off my phone, I, I took it off because I was literally sitting in traffic checking my email. I'm like, what in the hell am I doing? I am literally two minutes away from my house, it can wait. Like it, I mean, I'm just sitting there and in, in you know waiting for the light to turn, and I'm like, why am I? I'm going to be home. I just left my office five minutes ago. I'm going to be home in two minutes seven minutes isn't going to be life or death for this client if I don't answer their email instantaneously. Yes,
1: And that is a problem for us all because as much as we like to blame clients for breaking our boundaries, we also break our own boundaries all the time and we are not good at sticking to those things and not looking at our phones when we said we're not going to. And so I think it it does need to work both ways. If you're going to set those expectations out for your clients, you have to stick to them. Otherwise, there's absolutely no point whatsoever. Jen, this has been such a great conversation. I've really enjoyed thinking about these things and challenging people to think about their expectations. And I will definitely be sharing all of those resources we talked about down in the show notes. Now, when it comes to my podcast, I always end our interviews with the same question, which is what is one thing you wish you'd known sooner in your own business?
0: I guess that you don't have to do all the things. I mean,
1: you don't. I mean, this goes back to,
0: you know, not boundaries and expectations, but just like if it's not, if you don't know how to do it or if it's something that puts you, I would say, in your backseat, it's not something that you love to do, you want to spend, I mean, you want to spend the majority of your time wherever you feel the most joy. If doing your books or doing your social media puts you in your backseat, then look at ways to delegate that or find something that makes it easier for you. That is something I, you know, I still struggle with because you're like, oh, I c- I can do it. Well, yeah, you can. But is is it is it taking away from something that you can do better and enjoy and is more client you know producing than doing my books? Hell yes.
1: Yes. 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 Jen, thank you so much for your time today. If people want to reach out to you, and of course, whilst respecting your boundaries, what is the best place for them to find you? What is the best place for them to reach out to you and find out more about what you do?
0: So Jen Taylor Consulting is my website, my uh, all my Instagram or yeah, Instagram, Facebook handles, and they can find me there. And I do have a private Facebook group Uh, Design Your Wedding Podcast, and then I also have a podcast that is Design Your Wedding Podcast, and we do dig into all the eight areas of your business, and you can, you know, start. We do have a whole thing on boundaries and expectations, so it is a big... I don't talk about it. And I used to talk about it all the time. And I don't talk about it. So when I do, I'm like, I love this. It's so fun.
1: Awesome. Well, I will make sure that I link to all of those places. And of course, your podcast, which people can go and check out too. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for being here. And I'm sure we'll speak again soon. Yes, thank you for having me.